In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Good News for the City, the broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC. My name is Brian Bales, and I'm your host. And if you ever catch me live and in person during the week, most likely you'll catch me at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia, where I have the privilege to being the lead pastor. But if you catch me online right here at WAVA.com or during the podcast, and if you can grab at OneHeartDC.com or GoodNewsForTheCity.com, we get a chance, that is me and you and whoever joins us on the show, to talk about the importance of the gospel and how it makes a way. And today we're going to do that again. So I want to read you a section of scripture. We often do that at the beginning of the show. Here's another opportunity to listen to God's word. The book of Psalm 107, verses 1 to 3 says this, Give thanks to the Lord. Recording in progress. Should I stop? Rob, that's my bad. Yeah, that's my bad. I'm sorry about that. It just, uh, no problem. I forgot to hit record on the Zoom just as a backup, and I didn't know it was going to be. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. We're only a minute in. If we're going to restart, bro, it's all the right. best place to go. It's yeah, all good. My apologies. <laughs> my apologies. See? I didn't really like my intro anyway. Let's try it again. You ready? Right. Out of in five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Good News for the City, the broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC. My name is Brian Bales, and I'm your host for the show. And if you catch me live and in person during the week, you can catch me at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia, where they have the privilege of being the lead pastor there. But if you catch me on the radio, there's a good chance you're listening right here to this show, Good News for the City, the opportunity where we have to have a conversation. That's me and you and whoever's joining me that week to talk about how the gospel makes a way right here in the Washington metro area. Well, it's not uncommon that we start a show by taking a look at Scripture, because Scripture has so much to say about our lives. And listen to this section of Scripture from the book of Psalm 107, the first three verses. It says this, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. So let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. I love that section of scripture because it reminds us, it invites us, it calls us to listen to the stories who have experienced redemption, those people who have watched God make a difference in how he's working in their lives out of his love for them and for us. So today we're going to hear from Chef Johnny Scott about rising above circumstances and becoming a mission-driven person and taking advantage of the chances and afforded to him by God to redefine his life. Johnny's story is one of hope, restoration, redemption, reconciliation, and eliminating excuses. And it shows us how the gospel can make a way. So Chef Johnny, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. 
I got to confess, before we got on the radio today, I looked at your website and I looked at it at you can go to the missionkitchen.com and I got hungry just looking at some of those pictures. So we're going right. to we're going to kind of stay with us together. Let me tell people a little bit about you. Uh, you were born in South Carolina and while you were there, you developed a fascination with cooking at an early age. But later on in life, things went a little bit different and you faced a possible 30 year prison sentence. And so you had some time of incarceration. But during that time, you learned how to cook. And upon your release, you went and received a degree from the Culinary Institute of Savannah there in Georgia, and you became a chef. Then you continued your education at the Art Institute, Art Institute of Tennessee. And today you become a man of faith, following Jesus, a husband, a father now of five, a business owner, an author, and inspiration to others. Man, you're a busy guy. Five kids would be enough. But with all this other stuff, I imagine you're, you're jumping around a lot. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> My wife helps out a lot. So. Well, we're going to give her props for that, for sure. Well, all of us have a beginning to our story. And for yours, part of it goes back to South Carolina, right? And growing up in your childhood. How did you first become interested in cooking? Well, uh, Southern bread boy from South Carolina. Uh, my mom, she kept me basically by her side during the holidays. Uh, we always had the, the Christmas dinners at our home. Mm-hmm. And so we would always invite, you know, large groups of people over. So um, that was my opportunity um, that mom would show me how to prepare all of the, the famous dishes that everyone came to, uh, you know, came to try, came to taste. Oh, we're looking forward to tasting. Um, but it wasn't never like, hey, mom, I want to become a chef. You know, when I get older, it was just more like, you know, just learning to cook. And my mom would even get after me about, you know, giving out all the groceries in the neighborhood, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You had a big heart back then. It's a reminder, right, that lots of times in life, many things are caught before they're taught. Certainly, you've gone through some very specific training and education about how to cook and cook well. But first, a little bit caught from mom. There's so many things I want to ask you about Southern cooking right now, but that is not the point of our gathering today on the radio. So I'm going to let that go. Maybe I'll catch you a little bit later on that. Now, we mentioned a little bit earlier on, that life doesn't always take the turn that we initially thought it would be. And so later on, you found yourself um, incarcerated, facing a potential 30-year prison sentence. Uh, Certainly, any time that we find ourselves up against difficult circumstances, and certainly when we think about incarceration, that is far from an easy circumstance. It's a difficult one that so many people have faced in this world. It has an opportunity when we face difficult circumstances, an opportunity to change our perspective for good or change our perspective well, for not as good. Talk about how this opportunity influenced your perspective and changed it so that you came to faith in Jesus Christ. Well, I'll tell you, um, I, I didn't grow up in a rough neighborhood, but um, I never, in, in that era in which mm-hmm. I grew up, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't know if we were going to live to see 21. Right. You know, so we never really, I never really had a vision or a focus like for my life. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of coasting and um, grades were good enough, you know, for the parents not to be on my back, you know. Sure. Yeah. So I was kind of under the radar. I did go to college, um, but I um, I dropped out. I had a son. I dropped out. And then I just started working and then kind of, you know, flying under the radar, doing some other, you know, illegal stuff. Um, and however, you know, uh, I ended up, you know, incarcerated. So, uh, you know, from there, it was just like, I, I grew up in the church, but it was time mm-hmm. th- at this point in time, it was like, okay, um, you know, I had fallen away, backslidden or whatever, you know, uh, you know, whatever the terms are, I right. was there. <laughs> well, talk and to so, us about that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And and so that's, that's after, you know, the judge had, had said, hey, you know, 
do you realize that uh, why did you wait until the middle of your life to commit a crime that will put you away for the rest of your life? And the only thing I could say was, you know, that, you know, just a stupid mistake, Judge, you know, committing yeah. an armed robbery. Um, but, you know, after realizing, hey, you know, this is a, this is a possibility that this can happen. Um, she started reducing the sentence. She said, this can carry up to 30 years. Do you know the crime committee can carry up to 30 years? And I'm sitting there like, you know, 30 years. I'm thinking first offender, you know, right. slap on the wrist. Um, she's talking 30 years. Um, but she she had uh, she she reduced it down to 15. Then she reduced it to seven and then reduced it again down to three years with two years probation. Right. Now, now it's weird. It's weird because I'm going to tell you before um, I even you know did what I did to go to jail. I made up a plan that I had a son. I knew my life needed to change. Now, I, I, the plan to me was a master plan. It was a stupid plan, but the motive was, mm -hmm. you know, excellent. Uh, yeah. I mean, the motive was right. So my plan was to sell as much drugs as I could and then save up the money and then, you know, started living right. You know? Right. Well, you know, it's interesting that lots of times we as human beings have well-intentioned dumb plans. I agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. there's, whether it's that particular plan, or I think a lot of us can reflect in our life that maybe the heart behind it was good, but certainly the way to get there excluded God. And sure. with God, all yeah. things are possible. And I think we have moments in our lives where we look at the challenges above us, above and beyond us, and we look at the things happening, we think, ah, oh, I've got to do something differently than how God would do it. But certainly, even in that moment of getting caught and then hearing your story of how the grace of God came through that judge from 30 to 15 to 7 to 3 yes. in, in two yes. years probation, I imagine that that was very catalytic in understanding God was a lot bigger than maybe what you thought at the moment. Oh, yeah. But how did how did it feel then that moment well, when you were released? Well, just uh, uh, to, to back up just a little bit. Uh, yeah, I actually had it was my five year plan. All right. I said in five mm -hmm. years, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to be done. And then if you notice, my sentence was, re was reduced to mm -hmm. five years. Mm -hmm. So I had my five-year plan, but God had his five-year plan. <laughs> you know what? You know I mean? what? That's, so, that'd be a good book right there. God's five-year yeah. plan. Well, uh, yeah. we could talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you <laughs> imagine that um, you had some some very amazing thoughts and opportunities that sat in front of you. What were your next steps then? Uh, you're talking about after, after being released? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, so honestly, I was afraid. I was really afraid. Uh, I was didn't want to go home, which is actually weird uh, mm -hmm. because no one who wants to actually be there. But I, uh, again, after I had knew that I was going to prison, then I started, you know, picking up my Bible again and mm -hmm. actually started reading. And the funny thing about it is back home, you know, when we would be out and, you know, people who would come home from jail talking about God, we were like, they would be, you know, drinking and smoking with us. So we were like, man, we don't want to hear about God, man. Are you doing the same thing we're doing? Sure. So now I'm, in, I'm, I'm here and I'm studying the word of God and um, I'm getting serious about my life and, and practicing what the word is saying amongst so many different uh, uh, people that I have to live with for the next two years, two, three years. Um, that was very humbling. But then at that point in time, it was time for me to actually come home. And now I'm that guy who has to come home and start talking about God. And mm -hmm. I was actually afraid because I was going back to my same um, neighborhood. But, you know, they don't have time for you to be afraid. They're going to kick you out of there unless you're going to you know, get in trouble and extend your time. So, right. And so, you know, God moves you back. He begins this post incarceration sort of life, which we've talked about on good news for the city many times, the challenges of people who've been incarcerated, 
what it looks like to try to get plugged back in uh, and the difficulty of finding work, the difficulty of finding meaning and all the other things that come with a post-incarcerated uh, life. But for you, God put you on a pretty amazing journey. One part of that journey was guiding you to actually meet your wife and pursue a culinary career. I got to love it when God shows up like that, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So talk to us about that, if you would, for a little bit. Uh, well, upon the release, uh, I'll tell you, it's God's favor working again. My uncle, who works in construction, he actually gave me a job. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to fill out an application or anything like that. Um, so I worked with him for a little while, but my passion was about cooking because while I was incarcerated, the um, the fellow inmates were encouraging me. They were hey, like, they were like, hey, when you get out, you need to go to school because you're really good, and we don't want to see you coming back and forth through the system. Mm-hmm. So I get out. My first job is in construction with my uncle. Didn't have to fill out an application. Then I tell my uncle, hey, I'm going to step out on faith. I want to actually go uh, to school um, for cooking. And so he gives me his blessing. I say, I want to get a job, you know, in cooking. He gives me his blessing. So now I actually have to step out on faith um, and and fill out an application now. Mm. And so I was just honest with her and I put everything on the application. Um, and she says, well, you know, we really need someone. And so, um, you know, I hope you don't let me down. And I'm like, ma'am, I will not let you down. And so I was there for three years. I became the headline cook, um, head of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. and and that's in actually after three years, that's where I actually met my wife. I got my degree in, in culinary art. So you met her at the restaurant or you should, did you work with her? How did yeah. that work? What, what's funny is I actually met my wife uh, in Savannah, Georgia, but it was actually through a mutual friend who was actually in my culinary class because mm. my wife was, um, my wife was uh, military. She was in the military at the time. She actually just retired this April, 2022. Mm. Uh-huh. Um, but she was, um, she was in the military and her friend was actually in my culinary class. And she mentioned, hey, I have a friend I'd like you to meet. I was like, no, thank you, because I don't do blind dates. And she's like, whatever, take her number and give her a call. <laughs> right. So I'm assuming that every year on the anniversary of your wedding that you send a thank you note also to this friend. If you have maybe you should think about and it. And we're right? still friends to this day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as part of your journey, I mean, you were obviously in Savannah, you met your wife, so many things. Let's move a little forward. You actually spent three years in Europe where you continued to expand your understanding of cooking and your culinary experience. How did that influence um, eventually what came to be known Mission Kitchen, right? And again, you can find out more about the Mission Kitchen at www.themissionkitchen.com. How did that influence the beginning of that and even the type of things that you create there? Well, thanks to my, thanks to my beautiful wife. Um, we took a tour in Germany. You know, mm. I, had already, I had already started a business and then she was like, honey, uh, I, got, I got an assignment to go to Germany. And I'm like, what? I said, whatever. Well, we'll, we'll just cook in Germany. Mm-hmm. And so there was a, actually there was a church that we attended. It was called City Mission, and mm-hmm. the church would go out uh, into the community. They would connect with grocery stores to be able to uh, go through their inventory before they actually threw things out, so they could take it to the homeless in the community. So we served the community like that, and they actually had a commercial kitchen in their basement. So uh-huh. in order for me to hone my skills, um, I want I, I gave cooking classes for men, cook, cook, uh, cooking classes for women and children. And I would just to play on words, I would just introduce myself as, hi, I'm Chef Johnny. Welcome to the Missions Kitchen. Right. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So, so well, the name of the church was City Mission. So, yeah. The Missions Kitchen, right. Eventually it turned in here in the Washington metro area to the Mission yeah. Kitchen. So let's talk about the mission behind the Mission Kitchen. What is that? What are you trying to accomplish? So the mission behind the Mission Kitchen is actually, uh, it's, it's very simple. It's just eliminating excuses. I mean mm. that that was I wanted to keep it as, as simple as possible. I tried to think out think about some long drawn out vision, 
mission, but it's actually eliminating the excuses that we can give ourselves for why we can't be successful after having, you know, faced challenges in life. Mm, yeah. And yeah. so when you do that and you have this mission and you have this organization, this company together, have you seen fruit from that? I guess we use that term or that people like, hey, I'm on board. I'm eliminating my excuses. What's the results been so far? Well, I'll tell you um, what what I was I was challenged. in when I when we came back to the States and um, and and sharing, not sharing my story, but actually advertising my company, mm-hmm. advertising the business as a professional caterer. And I wasn't sharing the story, but I was just, I was more proud of, you know, the, the culinary degree and not sure. actually sharing the story where I actually learned how to cook. Mm. And so God showed me, he was like, stop, you know, stop suppressing it because this is my, this is my mission, not your mission. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I actually, after I began to start telling my story, I got more business uh, from sharing my story than advertising and marketing. People were like, I just want to do business with you. I don't care what it is. You know, I just want you to come to my home and cook for me. Yeah. You know, and it just, it, it just exploded, you know, in the DC area. Um, I served a lot down at the Southeast White House, if you're familiar with that. I have been um, there. Yeah. Yeah. So I served down there for at least three years um, at their reconciliation luncheons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a blessing since there, you know. You know what? I may have actually eaten some of your food. I've been to one or two of those oh, over the probably, day. Probably so. so. I- I tell you what, though, uh, if you want to look at some of the stuff, I really encourage you to go to that catering gallery, but don't do it while you're really, really hungry. That could uh, <laughs> make your peanut butter and jelly sandwich you're eating for lunch not look so good to you uh, if that's what you're doing. Certainly, as I hear you tell your story, you have um, just a lot of great God things that have shown up. Tell us a moment about where you have felt like most proud of what God has done through you and through the Mission Kitchen to maybe make a difference in someone's life or just to tell the testimony of grace in the middle of your life. Um, giving, giving back, um, really serving others, being very engaging, um, getting rid of um, a lot of the guilt and shame of the past mm-hmm. and, and being able to, to just, um, you know, share the love of God with people. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, through training and uh, leadership, you know, training seminars, I've yeah. learned that it's more important for me to learn about people than I need to learn about my business or my product. Mm, yeah. Talk you know, about that. Yeah. So it's just, it's just about engaging and building relationships and communication with people. Like uh, when you build relationship with people, they'll, you know, they will support you, you know, until no end, you know, and I've become very more genuine about doing that instead of just kind of, you know, promoting, you know, my business. Right. And um, I, I've saw, I've, I've gotten the results to show that, um, you know, it's, it's been going really well. Yeah. So what I feel like you're hearing is what I'm hearing from you is that the people are more willing to actually want to do business with you Correct. when they understand that you view them as a person, not just a project. You view Correct. them as someone that you actually care about. And if you get their business, that's great. But yeah. they come before those sort of things. Correct. Correct. It's not just a transaction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's such a great example of how Jesus works, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not just a transaction, but one of the things we say, Christian Fellowship Church all the time is that Jesus isn't looking for a transactional relationship with us. He's actually looking for a transformational relationship with us, yes. right? Too often we look at people as projects or we look at a relationship with Jesus as like, I only go to him like when I need something, we call him the spiritual ATM, 
or whatever it might be, but rather whether we recognize we need Jesus or not, we need him all the time. And certainly, you know, part of your story that you tell is the amazing grace of Jesus, where people would say, oh, I recognize, oh, you would need Jesus in this moment. But the truth is we need Jesus in every moment, right? Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. You talked a little bit about some of these things about your guilt and your shame of the past. Do you find that when you talk to other people who might have been in your situation or similar situations, that guilt and shame is a big thing that's hard to overcome? Uh, I believe, yes, definitely, uh, definitely hard to overcome. Uh, I just actually with my church, um, we, we are, I'm a part of the jail and prison ministry. So we were just down um, at the federal prison and, you know, we had, you know, about 69 guys give their lives to Christ, about another 89 who rededicated their lives. Mm. Um, and, you know, what, what I tend to do now that I'm free, <clears throat> yeah. that I'm sorry, that, um, that I'm free of the guilt and shame, um, I tend to share my story. Um, to make to actually kind of make uh, others more comfortable because I'm free from it, so I'm not ashamed of it anymore. Sure. And I've come to find out that it really touches them because they know I didn't really have to share that with them um, mm. because they, they're they're viewing me as a professional now, so they don't they don't see that and they're like, no, not Shepherd Johnny. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> they see um, where you are, not where you've exactly, come from, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, one of the powerful things about Jesus is is He knows everything we have done what we're doing and what we will do and still chose to die for us, right? right. He doesn't define us by our guilt and shame, uh, but rather right. the blood of Jesus Christ uh, gives us opportunity to be forgiven of everything and live a life of freedom and move into the future. What is, speaking of the future, some of your plans for the future for whether it's just personally or the mission kitchen? Yeah. Yeah. Did you repeat that? Probably... Yeah, no, that's fine. What are some of your future plans for you maybe personally or the mission kitchen? Oh, so future plans. Um well, my uh, future plans are actually, uh, my vision was to, uh, I wanted to build a, rehabil- a rehabilitation center for released inmates to give them immediate work so that we eliminate at least that one excuse of, mm-hmm. you know, not having to fill out, you know, felony on the application. Sure. So that, that's a part of the one vision. So I've, I've partnered with uh, a few companies uh, who are already actually doing that. Um, and so I'm trying, so I'm getting like the blueprint of how yeah. it actually works. So that, you know, I can start preparing uh, the Mission Kitchen to do as well. And we look forward to hearing more about that. I'm sure we'll have you back on the show once that gets up. One of the things that our our listeners like to do from time to time is hear some encouragement. And I know I I love to hear it. So if if you know that there was someone listening right now, either got handed the podcast, listening live, whatever it might be, that's facing a huge setback in their life, how would you encourage them? Those facing a huge setback in their lives. um, First, I would say find out the excuses that you're giving yourself. Mm. Find out the excuses because when when I when I started when I first heard that you know eliminate the excuses, then you find out what that is and find out how to combat that how, how to mm-hmm. combat that you know, the excuse you're giving yourself like or it, it's too hard they won't hire me they won't um 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 also I can't share my story without talking about God right. You, you have to surrender yourself. You, can't, you have to surrender your life to Christ. And, you know, that's that's about, you know, is all I can tell you. It's not that, that hard. It's not that simple. Mm, yeah. Well, you know, Johnny, thank you. You you know, Chef Johnny, you know, I guess is a better way to call you and to talk to you. But more important is loved by Jesus, Johnny, just like me, loved by Jesus, Brian, and, and anyone who's listening, loved by Jesus. And that makes a difference. Just thanks so much for sharing your journey. Thanks so much for sharing your story. I know you're past that.
place of guilt and shame, but sometimes coming on the radio and putting it out there a little bit more can create some more tension. So I just really appreciate your willingness in doing that today. So, yeah, if you want to know more about uh, Chef Johnny and specifically the Mission Kitchen, let me tell you several ways where you can get in contact with him. The first is you can go to the website, www.themissionkitchen.com. That's themissionkitchen.com. And I warn you, don't go there when you're hungry because it's going to be rough for you. It's some good looking stuff. Uh, in that way, if you're an Instagram person, uh, it's Instagram. The uh, slash is the Mission Kitchen 12. And that's the same for Facebook, the Mission Kitchen 12. So you can catch him both there and find out ways to contact him, see more about the opportunities you have there to get engaged. And maybe you've been listening today and and you want to talk to Weva about what you've heard, about some of the stories, or maybe you have a story that you think that needs to be told right here in the Washington metro area about the gospel that makes a way. You can get a hold of them at comment at WAVA.com. That's comment at WAVA.com. Or if you'd like to talk to me personally, you know, I, I pick up the phone when people call. You can call me at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn. I can be reached there at 703-729-3900. 703-729-3900. And again, you can reach Chef Johnny at themissionkitchen.com. Chef, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for telling your story and reminding us of the truth that we say at the end of every show. It is the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.